I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Andy Munoz of the RSL Show, and today uh, we're bringing you exclusive audio interviews from the post-game in Portland. We all know what happened. I think we're all proud of the team, but we will save those comments and thoughts for a future episode. Uh, today, I wanted to bring you audio from, uh, let's see, who, who do we have on the lineup? We've got Justin Miram up first. And then after that, it's Demir Krylock, followed by Albert Rusnak. And then we close it off with Pablo uh, Mastroini. Now, real quick before we get started, I do want to shout out the Real Salt Lake fan base that traveled. A, that trip was not inexpensive. It's an expensive trip to make, and you guys are hardcore. I met a few of you guys. Super cool people. If it wasn't at the bars, um, I met somebody... After I missed my flight. Yes, I missed my flight. Long story. Stupid mistake. But just in general, I just want to shout you guys out. Also, wherever you watch the game, support it. I mean, you guys are truly the best fans, in my opinion, in Major League Soccer. Okay, so just a few things. Uh, Let's get the sponsor out of the way. One Wire Fiber, you know them. Check them out, onewire.co. If you're a business owner, voice over IP, go check them out. The best in the business, the best in town. Uh, Adam Sessions. He's a big RSL fan, uh, so whatever. Go find him, uh, but most importantly, go follow One Wire VoIP on all the social media outlets. And of course, the RSL show is also brought to you by KSL Sports. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be traveling. That's straight up. We would not travel, and we would not be getting these cool interviews with some of your favorite Real Salt Lake players. Okay, so uh, we will do a post-match show uh, with myself, Josh, also with Mitch. We might have Tom Hackett on as well because he was there too. Um, he's actually conducting the interviews. I've also uploaded all of the footage from my camera onto the RSL Show YouTube. So uh, if you want a visual, go to the RSL Show, find us. You should be able to type it in. It'll pop right up. Uh, we've got video, and you'll see that we were standing in the rain. We were freaking soaked. Uh, by the end of this. I think I stood in the rain for like five hours. So if you enjoy the content, uh, tweet at KSL Sports. Tell them how much you love the RSL show. 
Uh, go to the podcast app, leave us a five-star review. Just let us know that we're doing a good job. And maybe they'll send us to go travel more and bring you all this uh, cool content. Okay, guys, uh, take it easy. Uh, We'll see you with a new episode midweek with myself, Josh, and Mitch. See you later. We love you very much. Obviously a very disappointing way to end the season, but you must be proud that that you got to the Western Conference Final. Is there anything you can take from a performance like this? Just heartbroken. You know, we gave so much. I'm so proud of this group. Uh, Faced adversity so many times and, you know, hats off to Portland. They played a hell of a game. But I'm so proud of this group. And, and, uh, you know, I love everybody in that locker room. Did that early goal really change everything you guys had planned? Yeah, it did a little bit. Anytime you go on the road and you give up an early goal, you know, now Portland's going to sit deep and um, go on the counter. So it was difficult for us to break them down once they had the goal. What, what, was, the, what was the plan behind starting Anderson, Julio on the right, and, and then obviously Beasler slotted in for Everton? What, what was the plan going into this? We wanted to stretch them a little bit. We knew they are going to be compact, and Anderson's... Uh, you know, has a quality with, with a lot of pace, so well, to stretch them and and uh, you know, obviously didn't work out, and they got the early goal and stayed compact. You feel like there's a, there's a lot to, to gain from a postseason run like this going into next year? Yeah, of course. You know, we got to see what guys are going to be back and who's going to be our coach. But I'm sure majority of the guys will be in that locker room and, and you know the will to fight all the way to the end uh, you can't be more proud of the group and just tough moment right now when you go and it's probably not easy to do now but when you go big picture is the lesson don't set yourself up where you gotta play win five straight on the road this has been an incredible run yeah, on the road but difficult you know those home games if those were different maybe we were having some home games but you gotta win your home games and uh, but we got it in the postseason, and we didn't care about that. We just wanted to make a run, and we did. Thank you, Justin. So how much did that first goal change the game and change the tactics? I would say a little bit it changed, you know. Like, it was unfortunate goal to concede, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, it's happened the same thing as happened against KC. Maybe today we didn't have, like, so much control, as we as we had against KC, just because Portland was much more directly than KC, but at the end of the day, we had after conceded our the goal, we had a couple good chances to, to to score, you know, and unfortunately we didn't. And then uh, you know it's happened the second goal, and it was you know hard to to, to get back. But overall, I I would say you know the most important thing is that we gave everything, you know. And because of that, we have to be proud, especially on the run we had this season. Albert really struggled to find the football. If he found the football that was in really deep parts of the field, did that play any role in this game? Were you trying to get Albert more possession? Uh, you know, we know how much Albert is important for us. Uh, and, uh, you know, as I said before, um, I can't just say that uh, anyone of us had so much, you know, ball contact or everything just because the game was so direct you know uh, Portland didn't break us through the middle they th- uh, they broke us uh, with the long balls with the second ball and uh, you know 
Unfortunately, first half we couldn't get those second balls, and the second ball is the important, most important ball in a, in a soccer. But overall, you know, uh, to talk about Albert, everyone knows how much important he is for us, and uh, he had an unbelievable season. There weren't going to be a lot of chances today. You looked pretty frustrated when Aaron got to the end line, got you a good ball, and you put it on frame, and Steve Clark made that reaction save. That it had to be a pretty frustrating moment that you didn't get that one in. Exactly, you know, those uh, are the little uh, moments uh, that could change the game, you know. And, uh, I mean, uh, we were pretty, you know, confident that if we score the first one, we, wanna, we would score the second one. The same thing what we did against KC, just like, uh, as well, like second half, I think uh, we had uh, kind of control. But we didn't create that much, just because you know Portland is a, is a, is a great team, defensive, especially defensively. And unfortunately, you know we didn't get enough chances. What we what actually we uh, wanted to, to have it, you know. Everybody wants to win it all, obviously. But the path that you found yourself late in the year was you had to win twice on the road to get in the playoffs, and then you were going to have to win four on the road. Six straight road wins in Major League Soccer is a big ask. Is one of the lessons here that you got to put yourself in a better position earlier so you don't have so many road games at the end? No, uh, exactly. You know, uh, I think overall, like uh, five, six games ago, we realized that this team can defend, you know, and as long as we were all on the same page, we had success. Unfortunately, uh, you know, of course, everyone of us wanted to go all the way through, you know, to, to win the MLS Cup, to do something special, to write the history. But unfortunately, Portland was a better team tonight. But what uh, we can take, uh, you know, for the future is, um, you know, defensive part of the game because those part of the game gives you the chance to win the game. And this is exactly how we won against KC in the last game of the season, how we won against Seattle, how we won again against KC. And, you know, it says a lot uh, about this team. As disappointing as tonight was, do you believe that this could potentially be the start to maybe a few years of something special at Real Salt Lake? Uh, yes, totally. You know, uh, I mean, I, I would point this team is something special. Not just the team. I would point here the the coach staff, medical staff, media staff. I would point the, the RSL organization, our fans. You know, uh, they're unbelievable. You know, I would uh, say in front of the team, huge thank you to those. Uh, we're traveling here to support us. Those uh, at home believed in us, and uh, it means a lot of, uh, uh, I mean, so much for us, you know. And this is uh, where I see the great path, you know, to build up for the, for the next season and for the future. So as a veteran, do you talk to a younger player like Aaron? He did a lot of really good things for the club over the course of the season. This was obviously a hard game from the first goal to the red card. I have seen young players get beaten down by stuff like this. Do you talk to him about that? Uh, totally, you know. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we all know as well, as I said before, about Albert. We know how uh, Aaron is important for this team, you know. I mean, uh, um, his assist year, I mean, his overall season this year was unbelievable. And uh, for sure, he's going to keep, keep building, you know. And uh, those moments, uh, for sure, are not, are not the, the easiest. But as long as you learn from them, uh, that's that, that's good. And uh, for sure, he's gonna learn. He's not gonna put uh, his his uh, head uh, down because everyone in this locker has to walk away with the chest out and with the head up. Do you believe Pablo Mastroini should should be the man in charge for next year, or do you not have an opinion? You know what? Um, I mean, what I can say about Pablo: great human being, great 
head coach, great motivator, the guy uh, who put us on the same page last, uh, you know, three months. So I don't want to say that we were not on the same page with, with Freddy because uh, because of the run we had, Freddy has success as well. But now we are talking about Pablo and all what can say, all what I can say about him. It's all the best, and I really hope he's gonna get the, the chance. But as I said before, it's not up to me. It's it's up to uh, front office to to make decision. But you know, I know that the locker likes him a lot, and the, the effort he puts uh, on this team and on himself—it's just unbelievable. Thank you, Thank you, Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Wish you guys. All right, very cool. So the first interview was Justin Miram. If you didn't catch on, the second was Demir Krylock. Up next, we've got Nadam Onuoha, and then it'll cut to Albert Rusnak, and then to Pablo Mastroini. Whatever you want. It's up to you. Who would have thought? <laughs> You'd be back in Portland. I know, yeah. This is what I do now. I just travel across country to uh, speak to you guys. So, ready? I know why you're here. RSL's playing Portland in the playoffs. The Natum, why are you here? Basically because of what you said. And it was good to, it's good to see the guys. I've, I've said I wanted to come in all season, but it's only been the last month basically when I've been able to travel over. So it's good to come before the game, see the guys see some staff, see some very familiar faces and wish them well before the game. Obviously it didn't work out too well, but you know, it was great to see them from my standpoint and hopefully going to the next year and have some momentum. So is the trip strictly personal? Strictly personal, yeah. There's no, there's no business we shouldn't read into this at all? No, 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 absolutely not. No, 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 no. I don't, if you're thinking about me kicking soccer balls around, no. Look at this weather, I couldn't possibly play in such conditions. <laughs> it's cold and it's rainy and you're from England. How could you possibly play in Well, exactly, don't be so ridiculous. Yeah, I, I prefer watching games from a distance now. If if uh, somebody looks after me, maybe in hospitality, but, you know, it was, as I say, it was just good to watch the game. So, when I said professional, I didn't mean for you to come back and play. I just wondered, as you trans- transition into life after soccer, there's lots of roles. There's media yes. stuff, and we know you've done that. There's front office, there's scouting, there's people who are loosely affiliated with clubs, and there are yeah. people who work for clubs every day. So, I didn't know if you were kind of feeling your way through retirement. Um, association with the club, perhaps there may be something with that in the future. But for now, it's just it's the media stuff, which I do, but that tends to be back in England anyway. Basically, I'm trying to distance myself wherever possible from a full-time footballing schedule because I did that for long enough. Uh, so, yeah, I'm trying to take back my own time and doing things which I really believe in. And, you know, if I get the chance to do something for the club further down the line, maybe, but for the stuff which I'm doing now, it's fantastic. Uh, how much were you able to watch the team from Manchester? Were you able to see many games? What do you make of them, I guess? It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the curse of being in Utah, basically. So everything's seven hours ahead where I am. So most of the games kick off middle of the night. But I was always checking the highlights on YouTube. Uh, I'd record some of the games if, if they were being shown on my TV. So... I did, I did watch a few, but I had a feel for what was going on because I speak to, still speak to a ton of the players and the staff as well. So it's not as much as I would like, and I didn't see as many live as I, as I would like, but I was up for Demir scoring his last-minute goal in the last game of the regular season, and that was at 3.30 in the morning. And it did cost me for that whole weekend or whatever. So, yeah, I've seen whatever I can see, but it always, always comes at a price. And then, you know, 
there was a bit of chaos last year when you were playing. You, you're a little chaos. Yeah, well, just a little, just bit, a little chaos, bit. Yeah. There was a little bit as well this year. Freddie obviously departed for an assistant role in Seattle. Pablo's taken over. You know, you're, you're a big leadership guy. It was one of the biggest impacts you had on the club. You must be pretty wrapped with with how they turned out this year. Yeah, this I was saying as still winning after Demir scored in the regular season, then they won at Seattle, then they won at KC. I was like, you possibly two wins away here from a 30 for 30, just about you guys, because things really have been like. Um, not ideal, let's say. Let's say that. But in fairness, like I believe in the club, I believe in the people, and it's because they can find ways through adversity. You know, obviously, most clubs would prefer to not have that whatsoever. But the fact that they were able to make it this far, given everything that's gone on in the last eighteen months, two years or so, I think it's credit to them. And obviously, today they came up just a bit short. But you know, it's still a club that's got great potential. I think when new ownership comes in, I think the club could really kick on. Do you think the game of football is, is one that we often talk about, big-name players, lots of money being spent, and Real Salt Lake's a, a pretty real-life example of a group that's got a, got a lot of chemistry going for it, like a, a sense of belief, there's like power in that. Do you think that you know, we need to maybe talk about that more often within the game as opposed to all this money floating about? I think the money, because it's professional sports, money's always going to be part of the conversation, but then even within that, I think some of the best teams, they have people who maybe cost a bit more money but they still have the chemistry you know without the chemistry you've got maybe what say LA Galaxy have been for the past few years or something you know they're like they do well and they always have a big start but then they don't seem to make it into the playoffs and stuff like this because maybe the chemistry's not there maybe just speculating but I think overall like a collective a collective that if all the players were in together if all the staff were in together like looking at Portland there when they were celebrating the title it was the players, it was the staff, it was everybody, it was the fans sticking around. That sort of sense of pride of representing Portland, whether it's a fan, as I say, or a coach. I think RSL does, does have that. And, you know, you could say spend more money to bring in this star and that star, but you need somebody who's going to be effective and help the team. You know, people not necessarily there to just help themselves. And I think overall with the team, they do tend to get that right. I think, obviously, today we came up short just a little bit. But just feels Portland are a good size. yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. You, you probably don't know Pablo as well as uh, because he wasn't here last year. But with what you've seen, do, do you feel like he's he's the man that they should go with? Or I see, obviously, I can't I can't make those sorts of decisions myself. Right. But I spoke with him earlier, and he he understands. He, I think he understands the club. You know, he's seen it now for a period of time. It seems like the players are playing for him, and he wants a job, and he's taken. This is this is the furthest we've been in the playoffs for quite a few years now. So that can't be understated. You know, that's pretty significant, especially given the sort of the setup in the position that it's in at this moment. So I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. I think it's a very, very good feat. Obviously, Freddie helped with that in the first half of the season as well. But I think if he's somebody that wants the job, he should definitely be in contention because for how he's managed to get the team to this point, you know, a lot of people would would be desperate to be able to play in the Western Conference Finals. But he's done it with uh, an arm tied behind his back, essentially. That was Nada Monuoha. Uh, up next, we've got Albert Rusnak talking about his future with Real Salt Lake. Um, you said it very good. Um, I don't know exactly the rules of uh, of MLS contracts, and you know, some players have options, some don't, some are completely free. So I don't really know the ins and outs. Um, but you know, I think it needs to be sorted sooner rather than later, um, or you know, the players. Like myself, I'm in the same situation. You know, we'll have to we'll have to look at something else because, um, as you said, you know, the contract is done. I believe 31st of December. Um, so as of 1st of January, you don't have a 
you don't have nothing, you know, you know, you're unemployed, I should say. So it's, um, I agree with you, it's a tough situation and I don't know the ins and outs, so I can't really answer, but I think it should be sorted sooner rather than later. I know you've said publicly you'd like to come back. Is that still the case while we've got you? I thought I'd ask you, you want to be back for 2022? Yes, of course I want to be back, yeah. But, you know, as we just spoke about, uh, it is, well, I don't know what December it is today, but I know it's December and, you know, with Christmas coming around soon and then the New Year's and then before you know it will be January. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I agree with the fact that I, I, I would need to know or I need to know sooner rather than later what, what the club's plan is and... You know, as we said, no owner doesn't help. Um, you know, interim head coach and not a head coach for next year for sure doesn't help. So, yeah, this is not a lot of things that are, that are helping us. I know you're obviously you know, without a contract. Assuming you do come back for next year, do you feel like this playoff run could potentially be the start for something special at Real Salt Lake? A few years of contesting, seriously contesting, for not only the Western Conference but, but for the MLS Cup? Well, I think we seriously contested this year. Right. I mean, you know, one game away from the from the cup, and you know, right now it's uh, when we look back at those two games we lost at home. Maybe we could have hosted a playoff game. Um, it, things could have been different, you know. But uh, I th- still think, for the fact that we didn't have an owner, and uh, you know, uh, Freddie left midway through season, what we achieved uh, is uh, is quite amazing, you know, and. I think everybody should be proud of themselves for this year. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we proved to ourselves that we're good enough, even though the the whole league doubted us and saw us not making playoffs and then out in the first round and out in the second round. You know, we proved that, that we are good enough. So we'll see what happens in the offseason, if any new players come in, if people stay, people go, what happens, and then we'll go from there next year. And finally, we've got Pablo Mastroini. Uh, that'll seal the show up again. Follow us at RSL Show on the socials. Thanks for listening. Good. Yep. So, Pablo, how much did that uh, opening goal change everything you planned and hoped to execute today? Yeah, I think uh, early goals like that really um, change game plans. Um, you know, I, I thought that uh, it, it wasn't the brightest start, and again, I think it was just the surface, uh, the, the lack of clearing the ball, um, and they got a fortuitous goal. You know, I think more importantly is we didn't really threaten their back line enough in, in the first half um, to get Anderson running at their back line um, and to really put pressure. And the, we lost a lot of balls underneath and, and uh, didn't win enough second balls in the first half and, um, again, found ourselves uh, dealing with a lot of transition moments. But I thought in the second half um, we came out bright. We threatened their back line quite a bit got a couple corners, um, and kind of settled into the game. You obviously were forced to make that one move with, with Beasler for Everton, but you also brought on Anderson Julio uh, to start. Is it, was there any regret now that the game's over that those moves were made? It was a surprising move, I thought. No, no, not at all. I think, uh, again, uh, we're going away from home um, and felt like we needed to, to, to really stretch out their, their, their back line. Um, and again, we didn't utilize them at all in the first half, and I think that's that's the biggest problem um, and um, you know the game was played in front of their back line and so um, <clears throat> you know you can always look back and think about the things you would have done differently um, there's no guarantee that you put someone else in there and it's going to change the the four minute goal um, and even their second goal you know so it wasn't so much um, that set up I think the the goals came at, at untimely moments um, and and we weren't able to respond you try a lot of different stuff against Portland. 
and people in the moment want to look at the game and say, well, could have done this, could have done that. But when they've beaten you four times, does it come back to just maybe how the teams are built and one team's just got the upper hand? I mean, they've definitely had our number this year. Um, and, and again, I think um, they, they're, they're explosive. They, they're, they're quick to pick up second balls. And when they pick up second balls, they're, they're a team that uh, open their legs and they run and they force teams back and they ask a lot of questions of their back line. I thought the guys back there did fantastic tonight. Um, dealing with a lot of their attacks, um, and, and, and again, I think their second goal, you know, hits the post and comes off a chose back. I mean, so it wasn't like it was um, something that we couldn't deal with. Again, I think those those goals came, and, and uh, uh, that's football. You know, sometimes, yeah, it hits the post and goes out. Sometimes it's the back of the goalkeeper and goes in. Is it too big to take a big, or is it too soon to take a big picture look at the season right now and the run you had here at the end? Um, you know, I think. Again, it was always going to be a daunting task for us going into the playoffs, uh, having to play every single game away from home. And um, I think if you look at it from from that perspective, um, you know I couldn't be more proud of uh, the, the fight, the commitment, um, the effort from the guys, even going down a man and still trying to push forward um, and, and, and find a chance to, to get back in the game. And so I think you know when you have a bunch of players that are committed that are willing to do whatever it takes and sacrifice for the team. Um, I think these are um, moments that you'll cherish as, as a group and will cherish as a group. Um, and, and I think it was a hell of a run. As disappointing as today was, it's now your job, you know, for as long as um, you're told to do so, to prepare this group now for, for next year. How, how much positive can be taken away from this playoff run? Well, I think a lot. You know, I think runs like this really inspire um, the group the fan base um, instills a lot of belief in, in, in the work that we've been able to accomplish. Um, and so I think there's a lot of positivity going um, into next year for this group. Um, how that looks, you know, nobody knows. Um, but uh, again, I think there's, there's, there's a good foundation um, to build on and, you know, circumstances with, uh, you know, players coming in and out in, 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 in the playoffs is, isn't easy. Um, but, but again, as a collective, I thought um, we competed the right way, and uh, I think these guys can hold their heads high when they leave the, the, the locker room today for the run that uh, they've been able to put forth. Thanks, Pablo. All right, so that concludes today's RSL show. Um, let us know if you guys like these. Uh, uh, I haven't looked at the numbers. I don't know if they're doing well. Uh, but if you like this perspective or the audio from the media availability, just let us know. DM us, tweet us, whatever. Uh, we will have a new episode of the RSL show by the end of the week uh, with myself, Josh, and Mitch. And we'll be back before you know it. Uh, 2022 MLS season. They announced the new soccer ball today. It looks pretty cool. Uh, I, I, I'm like 50-50 on it. The new season, guys, is going to kick off so freaking fast. I think the guys report in January. Um, MLS final is being played this Saturday, December 11th. Um, by the way, prediction on that real quick. I know we're, we'll, we'll kind of jump into that on the next episode. Um, Portland's going to win uh, 1,000%. NYCFC, a great team, but, dude, Providence Park is crazy, crazy, crazy. It's ugh, I can't even describe it. All right, we'll see you on the next episode. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. 
Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great.